series where we talk about what's happening behind the scenes at our SaaS company and share an abundance of useful advice for social media marketers working in agencies as well as in-house. My name is Veronica and I'm on the marketing team at Sendable. In this episode, we'll be answering that million-dollar question. Does posting via third-party apps has a negative impact on reach and engagement on Facebook? And who better to ask than Ellie, our content writer, who recently wrote and published the article that's now available on Sendable Insights. Say hi, Ellie. Hi. Really, really nice to have you here. All right. So, all right. Before we start, can you tell our audience a little bit about your role at Sendable and how the idea came about for this article? Yeah. So I'm a content writer here at Sendable. Um, so that mainly means that I'm in charge of the blog and also of social media. And basically the idea for the article came around from customers, really. Our support team were getting a lot of questions around organic reach and whether or not third-party tools affect this um, when you post through them. So we basically just wanted to do a bit of research around that. Yeah, that's really, really true. And why would you say was it important to do this research? I think we wanted an answer, really, or at least we wanted to be able to sort of tell our customers with authority and sort of authenticity, which is one of our big values. Obviously, we are a a social media scheduling tool, so we have a vested interest, but we did want to see if it was true or whether it wasn't true that engagement was affected. So it was a good opportunity to sort of have our customers in our mind's eye and in our best interests and also just find a definitive answer. And what would you say were the key challenges of acquiring this data? So I think when we first tackled the subject it was very very broad and we had to work out how to scope it and how to make it so that it would make sense on a smaller scale and because there are so many social media uh, channels there are so many methods of communication so many channels that people schedule through so I think yeah the main challenge would be that we had to scope it and decide what we really wanted to measure and how we were going to measure it so yeah there's definitely a lot of channels to cover <laughs> when it comes to social media. Yeah. And um, I know that in the article, you opted for analyzing historical data versus running a live experiment. Can you tell our audience a little bit more about that? Yeah, so we sort of did a bit of research and there are a few different articles out there that explore this very topic. And many decided to use sort of live experiments to find an answer. But we felt that that was something that we wouldn't be able to do because of time constraints. And also we wanted to get a really detailed overview of the data. So we managed to get that from using Facebook's Open Graph API. And that was a really good option for us because everything was available to see. So Facebook has extremely detailed data on all posts. So it was, it was really useful to be able to delve into that. Gratefully so, but very useful for us. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And what, what time frame did you use for when researching? Yeah, so um, we went over time frame from September to October 2020. Cool. And how many posts and Facebook pages did the team analyze? So we analyzed over 5,000 posts and they were from 58 different Facebook pages. So there were lots of differences in the amount of page fans that these pages had. The smallest had something around 190 and the biggest had like over 6 million. 
but these were also from a broad range of industries as well. So some were e-commerce brands, some were sports, some were restaurants, some were, you know, backgrounds in politics and art. So it was, it was pretty sort of varied and expensive. That does sound like a lot of posts to analyze. Yeah. So can you tell us what were the main findings? Yeah, so um, we found out a few really interesting things from analysing these different pages. Sort of first and foremost, we definitively found that posting via a third party social media tool like Sendable doesn't increase engagement on Facebook. So we found during our research that the average engagement rate for a post on Facebook was sort of around 4%. And when we looked at our data, the engagement rate of a post on average that, you, that a post was getting was around 6.4. So it's pretty impressive, actually. And it's really good news for social media marketers because they rely on this tool to do their jobs. And, you know, it's always good to know that the work you're doing isn't wasted and you are sort of able to get the maximum engagement, really. Um, yeah, that was a really cool finding. And then also something really interesting that we found was that posts that were cross-posted from Instagram to Facebook actually received less engagement, which we found really, we found it unusual, but then when we actually thought about it, it wasn't so unusual or unexpected because if you think about it, Facebook really want people to stay on on the platform. They want people to be engaging natively. So they'll do that by any means possible. And it seems like they'll even do that by cannibalizing the posts from their sister app. So yeah, we were, we were quite shocked about that, but it was an interesting finding for sure. Yeah, I agree. When I read that, I was quite impressed. But it, as you say, it makes sense because even though Instagram belongs to Facebook, they still want people to spend time on Facebook and that's, the, that's it. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for sharing that. Did, were there any correlations between link posts as well that you would like to mention? Yeah, so we found that generally link posts performed better when you schedule them through a third party tool than when you post them natively. And it does make sense because link posts are fairly basic in terms of social media posts. They're simply a link. You're not adding any bells and whistles to them. So you're able to do it in bulk and, you know, it's a pretty smooth and streamlined process. And therefore it makes sense that engagement would be high because you, you can consistently post these sorts of posts. So yeah, that was, that was interesting to find. But sort of on the flip side, we found that video posts did worse when you schedule them on a third party social media tool, which is probably for the, for the opposite reason, really, which is that there are lots of different features that you can get natively on Facebook that you can't get on a social media scheduling platform. So it sort of made sense as well, but it was an interesting finding nonetheless. Yeah, that is very insightful, I think. And you're quite right. Natively, there's all of these options available to us. And uh, when people use third-party tools like Sandable, they're often surprised why such basic functionality that they thought was available for years is not available in a tool. So that is definitely very, very interesting. Thank you so much for sharing that, Ellie. So I know that, I mean, every research piece is sort of limited to the data that you analyze. And what would you say were the variables? Are these findings applicable to every brand out there? So this was a good point, which is obviously we had a mass of data, but the page audience and the page size and the industry that these posts were from, it varied wildly. 
So they were the sort of variables that we were contending with. Also on another level, the sort of quality of posts was not definitive. There were lots of different types of posts. There were videos, there were links, there were photos. And it's difficult to sort of compare apples to pears, really. You can't compare them like for like. But I think generally we managed to do it. But um, I think it's always worth bearing in mind that engagement metrics aren't necessarily an indicator of success. And I think with any sort of social media marketing, you have to keep in mind your brand goals above anything else. So generally, you need to know what you're striving for. Are you, do you want brand awareness? Do you want lead generation? Are you simply having a presence on social media? I think that's probably the most important thing to look at when you look at engagement overall. Yeah, that's very true. For some, five likes uh, and one comment could mean the world. And for some brands, that's peanuts. Exactly. Yeah. It just depends who you are, really, and, and what you're on social to achieve. Mm. Very, very true. And um, I know that you went into the reasonings why photo and video posts could be getting less engagement on Facebook when published through third parties, but maybe you can expand on that just a little bit. You mentioned that that functionality is not available natively. Yeah, so generally with third-party scheduling tools like Sendable, we communicate with uh, social media platforms like Facebook through APIs, and what functionality you're able to achieve varies depending on how much the platform wants you to have it or will allow you to have it and I think function uh, API restrictions are a bit of a challenge to scheduling tools and therefore they're a challenge to social media marketers really for example you can't add tags to photos on Facebook or locations when you try to schedule them from a third-party social media tool which means that you have less reach automatically because you you can't add that in and even sort of more broadly, the social media platforms are very strict about optimization and the size of the videos that you can upload. So that is problematic for social media marketers too. So there is, there is a lot of variation in the functionality, which I think can be blamed in some part for engagement. But yeah. Yeah, very, very true. Um, uh, the whole world is using video now but uh, the APIs just simply haven't caught on to that and you can't add captions as well is that right? Yeah you can't add captions which is obviously it makes it harder for to sort of grab people's attention you easily scroll past something that you don't have context for and I think that can be problematic. Very very true well thanks so much for sharing that I'm sure it will be insightful for people who don't know the joy of APIs just yet. <laughs> On a similar note, do you feel like APIs have a lot of impact in what we do on our social media channels? So going back to what you said about it being a challenge for scheduling tools as well as the social media marketer. Yeah, I think they certainly do restrict what social media marketers are able to do. And there's always that choice between having that extra functionality, but then also having extra time. And I think social media marketers are sort of always trying to cram extra into their day and they're trying to do the best they can with the time they have because it is very, very time consuming as a profession, I think. So yeah, we are sort of at the mercy of APIs, particularly social media tools, because 
it depends what functionality Facebook wants to make available, really. It makes sense that they would want to keep these features to themselves because they want people on the platforms. They want ad revenue and they get that from keeping people on the platform. So, yeah, I think it is a little bit difficult with the APIs, but they more and more become available. So I guess you just have to wait it out, really, don't you? Yeah, wait it out and develop it fast. (laughs) That's pretty much what it is about. All right. Well, that was really, really useful to hear, Ellie. Thanks so much. Maybe you could give some advice for the brands listening. If they want to increase their reach and engagement on social media profiles, what should they do? Yeah, so there are obviously so many different variables to wanting to increase reach and engagement, but there are a few things that you can sort of do on a baseline to you know, experiment with and and see how you go, really. You can post lots of different types of content and sort of experiment with that and see what works, what doesn't. Obviously, there's all sorts of things you can come up with. It's it's being able to be as creative as you can. User-generated content is always really cool and that tends to get people's attention because you resonate with it a little bit better than something static and very branded. Infographics are also really great videos, images. I think just quality and remembering what your audience want, that's the most important thing. But yeah, variety of content is really important. Also celebrate social media holidays. We've just published our 2021 social media holiday calendar. It's really cool for that sort of thing. Veronica, you know, because you were instrumental in it. (laughs) So yeah, um, just celebrate social media holidays, have a bit of fun and just try and see what your audience want. Also, it's the basic one and people talk about it all the time, but use hashtags to increase reach. Even on Facebook, they've been proven to work. So sort of keep them relevant to what you're posting about and what your audience will likely search for. But it's always worth testing them out to see if they if they do work. Also, it's a good idea to really pay attention to the copy that you write and that you use. Try to avoid jargon. Sort of create a very identifiable brand voice. I know that it's very well-worn, but people like Innocent, brands like Innocent Drinks, they have an incredible brand voice. They copyright so well. Um, So yeah, just try and make it uniquely you and remember or remind your audience what, what makes you unique amongst the sort of noise of everyone else. And also just try and sort of tell stories with your captions and that sort of thing. I think at times like these, everyone wants something a little bit authentic to sink their teeth into. Everyone's heartstrings are like crying out to be pulled. So if you can tell a good story, it sets you on your way. And then as I've sort of covered before, but if you do use visuals, sort of use high quality visuals and optimize them for the platforms. On Sendable, we have an image editor, which is really cool. You can sort of resize your images within the platform. You can put filters on them. And that's a really useful way just to create high quality imagery. So yeah, that sort of thing, I would say. Those are all super, super useful tips, especially about the copy. I think people underestimate how far good copy and a good story can take you. So true. All right. Well, we're almost at the end here. I do have to ask the most difficult question last. (laughs) Sorry, Ellie. (laughs) Not to worry. All right. So the final question is, what is the one piece of advice that you'd give to social media managers based on what we've found? Yeah, this is quite a difficult one because it's it varies so much from sort of brand to brand and from social media manager to social media manager. But I think in general, if we were talking in the context of using a social media management tool or a scheduling tool, I think they serve a purpose and they save you time. And I think it's always worth using one over not using one. 
And it's understandable that sort of due to API restrictions, they aren't going to allow all of the functionality that you might have natively. But I think if you can save time and if you can sort of find a balance, that's what I would try and do. Spend time sort of engaging natively on Twitter if you can, you know, post from their gifts if you can, post Instagram stories and reels and experiment with those sort of exciting interactive features. But where you can save time, it's worth trying to save time. So post your links, schedule your links from a third party tool like Sendable and and sort of set and forget about that stuff that's easy to forget about. And then when you do need to become a bit more reactive, take advantage of that. So that would be my top sort of takeaway from all of this. That's a pretty amazing takeaway. Thanks so much, Ellie. Is there anything else that you wanted to share with the audience before we wrap up? Not really, just it's been an intense year, so well done everyone for getting through. But yeah, just it's exciting and we've really enjoyed doing this research piece. It's been something a bit different for us. So if there's any sort of topics that you'd like us to cover or anything that you're interested in, we're always, always active on social and we love to take your questions. So yeah. Thanks so much, Ellie. All right. Well, that wraps up our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening to it. We hope to see you on Sendable Insights where you can read the full piece. And please do let us know if you have any comments or questions and Ellie or I will be very happy to get back to you. Uh, This was our first time on the podcast. So just want to wish you happy holidays and happy sending if you're a Sendable user and we hope to see you around somewhere. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.